It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com. Now kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Android fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now here's your crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 127 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We're recording today on May the 13th, 2023. I'm Warren Carr, alongside with my co-hosts. We are bringing you the best of Google I.O., and we'll be talking about that. And with me in studio today, we've got John Dyer from Virginia. We've got Doug Cameron from Canada. Austin Pinto is in Mumbai. Karen Kewin in Lebanon, that's a pretty girl out there. We've got Sally Kandas from Turkey. And then we have a special guest that we'll be talking with today, Zilao, who is from the From Your Eyes app, and we'll be talking with her later on in the spotlight. Coming up also, we have the announcements, and Austin gives us an update on what's going on with our YouTube channel. And then closing today's episode, we have a tip of the week from John. That's what we've got coming up in this episode. Welcome to episode 127. Sally, let's start with you, my man. What's going on there in Turkey? Things are going well in Turkey. The weather is heating up and things are packed here. In a couple of days, I'm moving to my new house, and which is quite exciting part for me. And let's see, I'll be talking to you my, from my new house in the next episode, hopefully, if things go right, of course. Congratulations for moving and uh, make sure you have a housewarming party when you move in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could invite our guest there uh, if she could go uh, in with you. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of parties, only after three weeks is my birthday. So it's going to be another party one. Yeah. Wonderful. Just yeah. let us know. So sure, I'll be singing happy birthday well, here before too long. It's on June 1st. And if you ever forget it, you're done. I will be done for sure. <laughs> and the problem is that I am absolutely horrible when it comes to anniversaries. I don't even remember my birthday, okay. believe the, it or this not. Thread is for everyone in this room. <laughs> like if you ever forget that June 1st, I won't be responsible for it. June 1st. Okay. I'm going to put that on my calendar yeah. just to be fair. And yeah. what day of the week is June 1st? Well, June 1st is on Thursday. What day of the week is June 1st? June 1st falls on a Thursday. Yep. On a Thursday. So Thursday it is. Uh, I'll have to wake you up and say happy birthday. Yeah. I'll be glad. <laughs> Hey, John, what's going on in Virginia land? It's good. Uh, just a typical week with the exception of Google I.O. and some new Pixel devices that I may or may not have pre-ordered. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Um, but yeah, this weekend, uh, this morning, we actually took my son. He's He's just turned three, but we took them to this uh, thing called sports of all sorts at the YMCA and they're trying, it's very entertaining. They're trying to teach three-year-olds how to play soccer, basketball, that sort of thing. And of course, all they want to do is run around and <laughs> do anything but what they're supposed to. 
I remember those days when mine were young and it was just absolutely beautiful watching those things. And, uh, you know, looking back on those videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, we made it through it all. Uh, it was a miracle. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on with you, my man? Is the woman still out there in um, Vancouver or is she back? Oh, no, she's back. She's been back since Tuesday. So, yeah. It's not too, too bad up here. Just, you know, dealing with heat wave, kind of liking it, kind of hating it. Uh, thankfully, keeping clear of all the fires that are happening. They're not, they're not getting any better. If anything, they're getting much worse. Pretty bad since, you know, beginning of May, we've already had a ton of fires in the province about a month early than normal. So, yeah, it's, it's literally the, epitome of hell in this province right now that is really odd though i mean that is so early and talking about a heat wave um you know we're having that southerly thing coming from oregon and i think today believe it or not i think we're going to be hitting like 87 degrees so abnormal for this time of year and those guys they are like 95 degrees or almost 100 degrees it's just i don't know what's going on yeah, we're we're sitting. Uh, I'm not. I don't have the calculation in front of me, but we're sitting around 27 Celsius. So we're we're pretty warm when you're dealing with all the fires and around right now and how dry it is. We've had very little rain, so it's pretty bad. That's really bad. Karen, girl, the pretty one from Lebanon. What's going on with you, my dear? Well, it's. Uh starting to become warmer the weather is starting to become warm uh, but it's still spring so we are just uh, starting to hit 20s but the early 20s so we are still in a good weather and it was a good week wonderful pinto boy what's going on with you my man so mumbai is right now i don't know like how to describe it but it's more than boiling and I'm just fed up of this heat. I don't know when the rains are going to start. The heat is less, but the humidity is more, which makes you feel more hot. So it's the living hell too, I think so. It's really boiling. But when it's humid like that, though, it keeps you nice and slippery like a fish, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just leave, the, <laughs> you just leave an air-conditioned building and within two minutes you feel like you just had bath and come out this is one of the reasons why i don't like going to the uh, midwestern section of our country here in the summertime and you know the east uh, eastern part of the country you know it's always humid uh, in the summertime and I, I just don't like that humidity i think the heat i don't mind dry heat like we have out here in the west but when it's humid it just it's not good that's what kills. This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. Up next, we got announcements. And of course, Austin's standing by with those announcements. Austin, what we got in store? The only announcement or the thanks that we got is a really big thanks to our 
podcast crew member john for reorganizing our channel so if you go to brian android users on the youtube app of your mobile you will see the playlist tab and then there are 12 playlists neatly organized and uh, really well done john and even in the pc if you go to youtube.com/blindandroidusers and you click on the playlist tab you will see the same 12 playlist so john if you can describe what the 12 playlist are and what they contain in short sure so um i'm i probably don't have all of them memorized but i will say there's categories like event coverage which we're doing today um an interview which we have today and um you know android basics talkback highlights that sort of thing and of course Warren's favorite my android journey and you know depending on the type of playlist um if it's something that's a series that you're going to want to sit and listen to like android basics or talkback highlights or our series on CSR the uh, playlists are ordered chronologically so you can go through them in order but if it's something like an app demo which we also have a playlist for app demos or like the event coverage like we're doing today or announcements there's a playlist for announcements the type of playlists where you're going to want access to the most recent information first those are ordered with the most recent things at the top so you can get to them quicker So now you won't see the playlist like episode 127 episode 126 you'll see neatly organized playlists which are really good and um, we are still open to suggestions if you think you want the episode playlist back then you can send us an email to contactus@blindandroidusers.com and maybe we may have the newer episodes playlist like we are going forward but i don't think that is that will be necessary because this playlist is more easy to use yeah and there is an there is a playlist for full episodes so if you know you want to go listen to a specific episode you can go to that playlist and those are chronologically ordered as well so you can find quickly the episode that you want to listen to and some of the new episodes also have chapter markers ad- added to them so if you just start playing and you move the seek bar you will see things like introduction or the announcements and you will see other like points in the episode so you can just move to that point and start listening from there thank you so much john for working on those because i know it was a mess and uh we've cleaned up house guys so go in there and take a listen and find things more easily the way they ought to be thank you so much This is the Spotlight segment. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing, and more. We move on now to the event and we're talking about the Google IO or is it Google AI? It could actually be Palm Pilot 2. So today we're doing that coverage, you know, Wednesday, May the 10th was when Google IO, you know, 2023 came through and so today BAU is reflecting on that and we'll have text from 
uh, crew members, what they like about it, what they don't like about it. We know this was all AI focused, but yet in the mix of all of that, we have some free devices that Google surprised us with. And we'll be talking about some of those devices or all of those devices and see who is getting what and who's not getting what. John, let's start with you. What is it about Google AI or Google I.O. that you like for this year? I know the focus, like I said, was mainly on AI and it's never been this huge about AI. And I think Google is just trying to leapfrog uh, over everyone else, you know, when it comes to this AI. And uh, I'm kind of glad, you know, they brought it to the forefront. Yeah, um, I personally wasn't. I'm more interested in the hardware, but I understand why they <laughs> had to, you know, with Chat GPT and everything, you know, blowing up this year, they had to they had to jump in and say, "Hey, but don't forget about us," you know. Exactly, and so the whole focus was on there, and I like what. Uh, uh, Sundar Pichai was saying and some of the guys there, I think the thing I took home with me is boldness and responsibility because we all understand, you know, what this AI could do and uh, the consequences. And so it's a huge responsibility and it's a bold move, but yet in the same breath, that boldness needs to be guided by responsibility. And I think that's a bigger picture because if we don't bad actors could grab hold of these things and could turn everything onto its own head for me though i think the part that i really like was that video transcription or i mean uh i think you know here i am you know speaking in english and talking about you know uh google io and they could have me saying that in German that I don't even know a single word in except uh, Hengsheng. You know, when I'm on the airplane, you what do you want to eat? I'm like Hengsheng or whatever for chicken. I think that's all that I know. But here, I could be speaking absolute perfect uh, German, you know, and showing my facial expression, my lips movement and all of that. I think that is just the crux of the matter. And to me, that's the part that actually fa- uh, fascinated me what do you guys think about this part of that AI? Of course, it's being powered by that POM2 pilot, like I said, POM2. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about that? So Google, when, when the keynote just started and they just directly started talking about AI, I knew from that point on that this AI, this IO was AI focused because the first topic of the keynote itself was AI and I like hardware. I don't like AI much, although I use chat GPT, but I'm more fascinated with the Pixel 7a because that is the first budget Pixel device with wireless charging. So my one side is telling me to go for it. The other side is telling me to wait. Yeah, I know you kind of like those devices, uh, Austin, and yet in the same breath, this is a guy that keeps saying, I don't like Pixel. You know, he likes to go with, um, uh, you know, Ed and talk about, uh, you know, uh, Pixel is bad, blah, blah, blah. And talking about Ed, as you can see, we don't have both Ed and Fee in here today. They have um, some appointments and things like that. So those guys are not here with us. So... Austin is going to be the uh, Pixel 
basher, and yet in the same breath, he wants a pixel and doesn't care See, too much I, about AI. I want the pixel. I want the pixel because before complaining, you have to buy and try it. Otherwise, there is no point complaining. So I can buy, it, try it, and then complain. I see. I see. That, that's respectable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. That's absolutely respectable. Uh, so let's talk about, um, now that we're talking about devices and all of that, uh, let's talk about the uh, the other tools in the AI. You know, like I've said, you know, the... Um, the palm two is the power behind it. And that's the backbone for it, all of the various tasks and, you know, things like math, coding, reasoning, uh, multi-lingual uh, 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 translation, natural language, and, and all of that. The palm two is the powerhouse behind that. And that palm two is trained on uh, multi lingual texts from over 100 languages. And that's huge. That's giving it an edge, you know, over the other ones in understanding things like idioms and phrases in different languages and, and all of that, which makes it really huge because these are areas that sometimes we got, um, you know, false results in and all of that. Uh, this is a very important development as these other AI models often you know, generate fake information that I said, you know, that, you know, may sound like truth, but it's, it's not. So I think we're glad to see this uh, coming through. And in addition, Google has other modifications of the system, you know, intended at doing different things, such as the version known as, you know, the Med Palm 2, which basically is trained on health data to answer questions similar to those that you will find in medical exams. And, you know, they also have that uh, expert mode that is also uh, is called the um, uh, SEC2, uh, SEC and that's at an expert level. So that's something that's based on the U.S. model of medicine and, and all of that. So I'm glad to see that. The SEC2 Palm 2 is that version intended to help uh, detect threats in in code and explain the behavior of potential, you know, malicious scripts and things like that. Because like we said, you know, when we're doing AI, people can generate anything that they wanted to. And so it's a huge responsibility. And Google is kind of uh, keeping that, you know, in mind. And Google continued to say that it's already using Palm 2 to power 25 features and products, which include its uh, experimental, you know, chatbot, BART. Of course, we all know ab about BART, and we're talking about BART, and now in like 180 countries. Unfortunately, the EU and Canada are not going to be seeing BART for the time being until, I guess, some regulatory things get settled or whatever, uh, those of you in Canada and the EU are not going to be seeing uh, the, the BART in your area yet. So that's one thing to think about. And the Google um, workspace apps like Docs, you know, um, Slides and uh, Sheets, all of those are going to be powered by that, you know, uh, Palm 2. So talking about 
funds, in order for funds to take advantage of these powerful AI ventures, Google has in place a light version of Palm 2 known as the lizard, something I call the lizard, and that's, I mean, the gecko, uh, which is capable of uh, processing 20 tokens per second. And I think that's really nice to see that. As powerful as the Palm 2 language model is, though, you know, Google is already hard at work on its successor called Gemini. So, you know, you guys remember Project Gemini when those guys were trying to go to the moon. So Google now has uh, the successor of Palm 2 uh, already. They're working on it, which is called Gemini, which is supposed to be more efficient and multimodal. So looks like Google is all in on this AI thing, guys. What do you guys think? I actually kind of like it because it much like every other platform, there's always competition. And right now we've really seen chat GPT kind of taking over, but having Google coming into this um, space now, you may actually start seeing a little bit more competition and development of, of the AI platforms, which will only better not only our utilization of them, but also will assist in the regulations around what we're using AI for and how we're using it within our technology. Now, in terms of accessibility, there was some accessibility. Uh, it wasn't in the keynote in, and kind of always bothers me. Why don't we have accessibility in the keynote, but rather is more like a developer thing? Of course, I know this is all developer uh, stuff, but I would love to hear a mention of accessibility now and then in the main keynote. You guys remember back in Oreo when we had that accessibility featured, you know, front and center then, you know, when Oreo came in and the ability to uh, start uh, talkback with those two volume keys being held down. I like that. And we haven't seen anything like it to where, you know, access accessibility was part of that keynote. But anyway, we do have some accessibility thing and we'll put that uh, URL here in the show notes. Uh, there was uh, Nimmer talking about uh, Braille um, support, which is getting better in Android, not Android, in TalkBack 14, which is yet to come, and it wasn't in the beta 2, but it's going to be coming sometime. And the Braille support there, most especially those that like to use a virtual keyboard, virtual Braille keyboard, it's getting uh, more useful because you can do things like selecting and cutting and copying and things like that. Something that version 13.1 at the moment does not have. And so to see that come through, I think that's a good treat uh, for our Braille users and people who like to use Braille virtual keyboard. John, you like using that Braille virtual keyboard. Is this some good news? Uh, some nice ringing thing to the ear that we will be looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm I almost sometimes don't use the Braille keyboard because I'm constantly switching out of it just to do things like change granularity, so it'll be nice to be able to just do it from within the keyboard. Like if I need to edit, I need to back out of it, move my cursor, you know, select the uh text and all that manually. 
So to be able to just stay in the keyboard and do all this is going to be awesome. I'll use the keyboard a lot more now. Yeah, so absolutely kudos to those um, you know, developers for doing that. And uh, you know, besides that, you know, there was another lady, I think her name is Charlene, uh, talk about some of the um, new things that are happening, you know, for those that are hard of hearing or the deaf. And so I'm glad Google is also taking care of that. And then there was another lady, Karen, who uh, is like the developer, um, you know, the UI, most especially uh, making accessibility understandable for developers out there. And so if you're a developer, this is something to look into because you'll have those tools there out there to support your work, making things easier for you to know how to code with accessibility in mind. And it was really nice to see these three guys come on and talk about accessibility, which is very important to us. And that's some of the things that I really like about it. Yeah. And just a couple examples of the um, the developer-related things. It's so, it's like being able to customize focus order, like where you want the focus to go when somebody's swiping through items. And you can customize um, like how often you want TalkBack to announce a change, like if it's on a timer or something. So this is all stuff that developers can now tie into. And I encourage any developers that are listening to this, or if you know developers, like um, take advantage of this stuff. Because if the developers don't take advantage of it, you know it's not going to help us. <laughs> so uh, it's good. I'm glad Google's adding these features, but I'm also hoping that the developers take advantage of it. There is a problem related to accessibility. Yeah, all the improvements are good. The Braille um, additional support is good. And the developer thinks is really great, but there's something which is important, which is AI. They were talking about AI all over the place, but they didn't include it in things like Lookout or Talkback. So like image descriptions. So you see, like Be My Eyes is using ChatGPT, and it's something great. Whereas Google is not trying to do that in Lookout. But you should, like... Expect that Google is going to do such thing, but at the same time, you feel like no, Google is not doing anything related to it in this in this way. So I think this is a problem, and they are just focusing on AI in stuff which is mainstream, not in things related to accessibility. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, Google has fallen behind when it comes to accessibility in this area. Like on an iPhone, you do have image description, so. I'm hoping Google, obviously, they've proven, I mean, they had a whole section on this type of thing, that they can do this stuff with AI. So hope, I guess we can only hope, keep our fingers crossed that at some point they'll use this, um, you know, in that way with TalkBack and Lookout and that type of thing. Yeah, but even you know, without AI, currently the, 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 the image description in Lookout is something like it's really behind even currently, whereas iPhone, uh, they are not using any AI, right? Are they using any artificial artificial intelligence? No, they are not doing that with the image description. But you get something really surprisingly, surprisingly good. I feel jealous whenever I see it with someone. <laughs> That's why you need from my eyes. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know what I mean, girl. Uh, (laughs) But I I do understand your point, and I understand your pain. But then, you know, Google has a way of surprising. uh, When you think they're not doing something, and then you wake up in the morning, and boom, something comes through. So I think that this summer is going to be definitive as to what we can see and what we may not see. So I will still keep my fingers crossed yet to see what happens between now and uh, the final release of uh, Android 14, I'm almost positive that we may see some good stuff coming through, but uh, we'll see what happens. But if Google were to take advantage of AI for us in accessibility, no one can touch them. You can't even touch this because, you know, (laughs) Google is the king of data. And frankly, if they utilize their AI, we'll have the best of every uh, thing uh, most especially when we're talking about accessibility. So uh, I do understand what you are saying, uh, Karen, and, you know, most especially with Lookout, Lookout could be made better, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, between now and then. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll like, see. I'm, that's where I kind of agree with both you, Warren, and Kareen about the AI and Lookout especially. Like, I look at something like Apple, and the one thing I have to say that they do right is when they implement something, they do it good and they do it right before they actually release it. I'm actually wondering if Google is taking maybe that same kind of step from Apple's playbook with introducing AI into things like TalkBack, Lookout, other similar applications. I'm wondering if they're maybe slowly or staggering their launch of AI usage within those apps specifically because I want to make sure it works and works correctly. Because obviously if you implement AI into Lookout and it's not functioning as expected, it can give some pretty bad results. So I'm wondering if maybe they're not doing a lot of internal testing prior to actually announcing them embedding the AI platforms into their various applications other than their uh, work suite. I agree with you, Cam, because if you look at what we have, for example, in TalkBack 13.1, the image text description, it's not really what people were expecting. People were thinking that they were going to be getting like real image description and all of that. So I am thinking that these guys are rethinking these things and it would make sense to do it better. Like you said, you know, the other guys on the other aisle, when they bring something uh, is something that works. So they kind of work on it and make sure that by the time you push it out there to the people, that it actually works. So I think if Google is taking this approach and then working on it to making sure that this thing works as intended before rolling it out there, I think that's a better approach than, you know, pushing something to us that doesn't do what it's intended for. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about phones because i know uh, austin likes the phones and we got three phones right so we're starting with the uh, pixel 7a and its availability so the pixel 7a phones will be available in the following countries we got the us canada uk ireland germany france spain italy norway netherlands denmark we got Sweden, we got Japan, we got Australia, Singapore, Taiwan, and 
India. Those are the countries that the 7A would be available in. And if you're looking into that, uh, maybe if you're not in one of these countries, probably the best place may be to get it on Amazon. But, you know, I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, just like those of us who live here in the States, we want some certain phones that we don't have in our region. But, you know, you try to get it on Amazon and that's uh, the place to go get them. I was actually surprised uh, with the 7A in a couple of ways. The price of it, because it went up a little bit, and the specs of it, because it's it's cl so close now to what the actual Pixel 7 is. You know, it has the same amount of RAM. It has the same amount of... It has the same processor. It's got wireless charging now. Um, I think the only... The cameras are not as good, so that's one differentiator. And um, the, I guess the the selling point for some might be that it's got a smaller screen. So some people like smaller phones still. So I think it's a six point one inch screen, and the Pixel Seven is a six point four inch screen. So it's a little smaller, but I, f I feel like it's a little bit like stepping on the toes of the Pixel Seven because it's only. $100 cheaper, and, you know, the Pixel 7 goes on sale a lot for $500 itself, so I'm, I'm a little curious about what, what Google was thinking here. You know, sometimes, actually, you would... I've seen the Pixel 7, you know, fall uh, fell down to as low as $450, so this is truly, uh, you know, a real bad thing. Well, yeah, let me say it's a bad thing price-wise because, yes, it's the first one to have wireless charging and all of that and, uh, you know, faster charging than the A other A-series phones from Google. However, the price of $500 and then the Pixel 7 is $600 um, and, you know, goes on sale regularly and falling down to the same price or even below that $500, uh, what would you do? You know, would you take uh, the 7 or, uh, you know, the 7A? That's a very tough proposal. And I, I probably, <laughs> I would be taking the 7. But then in the same breath, there's something that was brought uh, to the 7A that is not found in any of the Pixel phones. And that's the adaptive uh, vibration uh, when you go to sounds and vibrations and all of that, uh, you can customize, you know, um, vibrations to where it adapts to where you're, you are at. And that is only on the 7A. So, uh, and I'm sure it's going to trickle down to all the other Pixel uh, series, especially the 7 and 6 series. But uh, that's the one thing that sets it apart from the rest of the pack. Let's talk about the Pixel Fold and, you know, the trade-ins. So we got the Pixel Fold, and I think Google really did some good homework here because um, when you fold the phone, it's it's not quite six inches, right? It's like 5.8 inch or something like that. Do you remember what how tall it is, uh, John? Yeah, I think it's 5.8 inches. Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe 5.7, but... Yeah, somewhere in there. So, you know, if you're looking for a small phone, uh, finally, this may be it. But if you're like me, um, 
frankly, I don't think I necessarily, I'm not at a place where I would like to be using the fold. I see the fold as a productivity uh, tool in a different way, and it's, it's not for everyone, and especially I know it's not for me. And so I wouldn't be, you know, jumping on it, and most especially at $1,800. Um, but, you know, still, you know, I'm getting it, so we'll see if we unbox it for our podcast and see if it goes into my museum and, and things like that. But, you know, the trade in Google, I don't know, the trade in was not very good uh, yeah. for all the devices. Don't, don't get me started on that. I, <laughs> you want to talk oh about yeah, trade-ins? I, 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 will, I, will, so, I will give a rundown of the I'm, trade-ins. I'm going to be honest, it hurt my feelings. I went I to know. trade in my Pixel 7 Pro and they offered me $380 for it, right? <laughs> but here's the kicker. When I when I said I had I would like to trade in an iPhone 14 uh Pro Max, they said, "Okay, we'll give you $950 for that phone." So I I understand why they're doing it. They want they want co- people to convert, you know, they want iPhone users to switch over. But at the same time, it's like they're disrespecting their own uh, pixels a little bit. I think like th- they're going to give me um, what's the Pixel Seven Pro is a nine hundred dollar phone, and they're going to give me three eighty for it. And then the iPhone fourteen Pro Max is an eleven hundred dollar phone, and they're going to give nine fifty for it. Like that's a huge disparity. That also really shows what <laughs> Google values their devices at. And how much they have determined their devices depreciate over a very short period of time. Yeah, so here's a rundown. Um, these are, you know, the $900 trade-ins, you know, include the following phones. You know, iPhone 14 Pro Max, iPhone 14 Pro, iPhone 13 Pro Max, or Galaxy Z Fold 4. Those will fetch you that $900 uh, trading. The iPhone 13 Pro fetches you $850, and the Z Fold 3 comes in at $800. So if you have an older, uh, not the Z Fold uh, 4, but you have the Z Fold 3, that will fetch you $800. Then moving along that, you got the Galaxy S22 Ultra, that fetches you $750, while the Galaxy Z Fold 2 fetches you $725. From here, the following devices will get you the following trade-ins. We got the Galaxy Z Flip 4 fetching you $700. Galaxy S21 Ultra goes for $650. Galaxy Fold grabs you $625. Galaxy Z Flip 3 will garner you $600. Pixel 7a bites off. I don't know why they put Pixel 7a in here. Um, I mean, who has a Pixel 7a and want to you know, send it in for 
Um, That's funny. The fold that is not yet. I mean, the seven A is not. If, if, if even you have a seven A and you don't want it right now, just <laughs> return it. Get your full money. You know? Exactly. Trade it in. But but you know, if you trade it in for the fold, it would buy it off uh, five hundred dollars. The Pixel Seven Pro, like John says, fetches you three hundred eighty dollars, and it doesn't say whether it's a two fifty six or five twelve. So, for example, I have the five twelve, and do you think I want to give that phone for three hundred eighty dollars? I'll be absolutely Heck insane no. to do that. <laughs> iPhone fourteen grabs you three hundred fifty dollars. Pixel Seven settles in for. $295. iPhone 13 will take home some $230. Pixel 6 Pro will take you some $216.50. And last but not least, the Pixel 6 will only give you an okay $150.40. Just imagine that. I might as well sell it on eBay, right? <laughs> yeah exactly they're they're definitely not they're they're like i said earlier they're trying to get conversions like if you're trading in a galaxy or you're trading in a, an iphone they're going to give you very good value for it um like basically what you could sell it for yourself if not more in fact for the fold four they're offering 900 dollars. when i traded in my fold four to samsung to get my S23 Ultra, they only gave me $750 for it. So Google's actually offering more for Samsung's devices than Samsung itself is offering. So I say that Samsung's actually bad this year with trade-ins. We talked about this in one of our episodes, or maybe like a couple of weeks or so ago. So I think um, they both are doing very bad this year. And just imagine your fold and Samsung wanted to give you that little amount that they wanted to give you for the S23 Ultra. I think that is not good. Yeah. And That's while we're talking about trade-ins, I just want to mention that the way Google does it is a little different from Samsung's version. You will have to pay the full price up front. So if you have a credit card, you're just going to, you're going to have to put the whole, whole price on the credit card and then when google receives your trade-in device they'll give you a partial refund for the amount they quoted you so it's different from how samsung does it samsung will actually you'll only have to pay the quoted amount and then if you don't send it in they'll charge your credit card a, sec a second time so it works differently i like that better because then you know um if your device comes in and it's not in the shape that you said it was, then, of course, they're going to deduct from it. And I, I like that better than the, uh, the way that Google is doing it. So let's talk about the uh, some of the specs of this um, Pixel um, Fold. And, it, of course, we know that it's, it's fueled or powered by that G2, um, Tensor G2. And then it comes with... 12 gigs of RAM and 256 or 512 gigs of storage. I wanted the 512 when I put mine in, but I wanted it in porcelain, and that only has 256. I, I didn't want another uh, black one, so I went for the 256. Uh, the, um, the 512 would be 1919, and this um, that's $1,000. $919, basically $1920, as to the uh, the $256, which is $1,800. That's $1,799. So when unfolded, you have that 
7.6 inch main display and 5.8 inch as we said when it's folded both screens whether folded or unfolded you know have that 120 hertz display um, for charging it has at least 21 watt and wire charging and you know it supports wireless charging uh, as well so that is a good thing to see but you know i i don't know this fault it's just i think the price is so expensive and um if i were google i should have started that thing at you know 1300 not 1700 you want to undercut the um this uh, the competition like what they did with the pixel 6 series and pixel 7 series and all of that you know you're looking at samsung you know you want to bring yours in a little bit lower not starting it off at the same price with samsung you know samsung this is their fourth uh, iteration and this is your first and you're starting it at the same price i think it was a little bit too ambitious in my never to be humble uh, opinion yeah, that that's true. They should have started it a little bit lower. Uh, you know, if all goes well, though, and they don't have the hardware issues that sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes creep up with Pixel phones. Um, you know, I think on on paper, maybe not by processor, but the cameras, these aspect ratios of the screens. I think a lot of a lot of things about this phone are better than the Fold. The Fold has been known to have like mediocre cameras compared to the flagships, whereas this basically almost has the um, same types of sensors, camera sensors as like the Pixel 7 Pro. I think they're a little bit different. They might, the sensor might actually be smaller, even though it's the same amount of megapixels, but it's still much better cameras than what's on the Galaxy Fold devices. They absolutely got it right, and, and probably that's the best camera you can find on any foldable. So, yeah, they, I think they did their homework here. It just kind of bothers me, though, that they kind of, you know, made it so expensive. But we'll see how this all comes out. And, you know, knowing Google, they may decide to kind of cut down the price, and then early adapters like ourselves, you know, will be looking back and said, hey, should I have waited? But now I'm not <laughs> going to regret it. You know, it's just okay. The 200, 300 bucks more is not going to kill me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also did mention that it it has the largest battery in a foldable phone, which uh, that's something that concerns me. I mean, it is technically larger, but the battery in this is smaller than the battery in the Pixel 7 Pro. And it's going to be, need to power a much larger screen, assuming you use it open most of the time. I guess if you used it closed, the battery life would be pretty good compared. That was, to, it'd probably be about the same as the Pixel 7 Pro, I would think. That was actually kind of my concern when I did some reading on it, is seeing that it's the same size battery, but it's as in the 7 Pro, but you're basically handling double the screen. It, we know from Samsung that the smaller batteries or equal batteries and double size don't work. So I'm wondering if we maybe have better power management occurring within the fold or if we're just going to simply see a lot less screen time. Yeah, only time will tell. I 
so I'll be honest. Um, the screen, the battery life on the Galaxy Fold 4 that I had wasn't great. I just like got used to the fact that I was going to have to charge it at some point during the day. So I just made it my routine, like while I'm eating lunch, charge it for like 10 minutes and then it'd be back up to like 90% or something. So I think it's just a compromise at this point for all foldable devices that you're going to have to deal with. Obviously, it's different depending on, I think the battery life for uh, blind users, especially if they're completely blind, might not be a big deal because they'll have the screen hidden with the brightness turned down anyway. But I think for low vision users who usually, for the most part, use screen brightness pretty high, it's going to really affect the battery life. Yeah, and that that's actually my exact issue with even looking at a Fold, whether Google's or Samsung's, because my screen brightness is always at 100%. Everything that would drain that battery fairly quickly, I'm utilizing. So yeah, same here. For me, like I want to go with the route of a Fold because I like having the option of the bigger screen, but I'm also sitting there going, do I really want to sacrifice only charging my phone, you know, once a day, do I want to sacrifice that and maybe start having to deal with charging it back to like once, twice throughout the day. It's one of those things that, you know, the only the individual really knows what they need. So that's going to be something you're going to have to think about is do you have the time or the ability to be charging your device partway through the day? I think that until we have like a better battery uh, technology, the falls will always have a problem with battery. But I think that, like you said, though, uh, Google's battery is a little bit more than what Samsung uh, Z Fold has. So maybe we'll see when we have it in hand. And if they make the outer screen, you know, when it's folded work, just like the regular phone would would do, I think that will solve a lot of problems, you know, John, like you mentioned. And for, for me, if I have it, uh, frankly, I, I would not be using it unfolded. Most of the time, I'll just be using the uh, just folded screen because, you know, if it uh, allow me access to everything on the phone, <laughs> I may not be using the fold unless yeah. I'm watching something or I'm presenting something or or multitasking uh, yeah. is a good yeah or multitasking good, exactly. yeah like it's nice having to like instead of having a split screen top and bottom like to be able to have a split screen left and right with like a full size app on each side that's actually it's better one of my favorite things about having a folding device is to be able to do that that's exactly. right that's my attraction because I I use split screen fairly frequently. So it's like having two full-size apps would be make it so much easier to navigate than having, you know, half the app on top and half an app on the bottom. One thing that people were hoping for at Google I.O. is for Google to announce that they were going to match Samsung when it come to, comes to OS updates and say they're going to start providing four updates um, for feature update four years of feature updates but they didn't announce that so they're still it's still three years of feature updates five years of um security updates and that that's a little bit disappointing especially considering that we're almost at android 14 so if you buy one of these devices they just announced you know in three months from now you're going to have used up one of your updates and you're only going to have two more years of support 
for that. And that's, I think that's really disappointing to a lot of people. So I think Google needs to step it up, you know, at least match Samsung. If not, just say, we'll support you for five years. Like, why not? You're Google. You have your own processor now. You, you've run out of excuses. <laughs> Start supporting these devices longer. That's my opinion. You know, John, that's something that has always bothered me most especially. You get a device in May and in August, and believe it or not, I think if they follow the footprints of Android 13, um, we'll have the full final release of Android 14 in August because it's the same timetable. And so I I don't see any reason why we are not going to be seeing the final release of Android 14 in August. And so you you get this phone in June or July, and then uh, August, you have the Android 14, and that's uh, that's counting against you as uh, having used one of your updates for a year. I think that is so wrong and could not be any more wrong than that. And I've always argued that you know, um, if you buy a phone, especially from Google, for example, and all of them in reality, and if it's just at the nose of the uh, new OS iteration, uh, that OS iteration that comes through shouldn't be counted as, you know, receiving one of the three years. I think that is so wrong. So I don't know what Google would do about this, but the whole thing, like you said, they should just bump it up to, four years because the complaint had always been, oh, you know, Qualcomm was the one with the drivers and all of that. And so uh, it was hard to support that. And now you have your own and you are giving me three years still. Come on. Uh, Yeah, not only that, (laughs) Samsung's using Qualcomm and and they're doing it for four years. So that's the excuse. It's not going to work anymore. It doesn't work. And so Samsung is proving, hey, you know what? Even with Qualcomm, we are giving people four. And Google, this is why I say Google is no longer the gatekeeper of Android. Is Samsung. <laughs> Samsung is the gatekeeper of Android because at least they're giving you those four years of uh, OS update and Google can't even touch that. It's just so shameful. Very shameful. Let's move on to Android 14 beta, though, because we can leave that out of here, can we? Because... Uh, on that same day, we also have the Android 14 Beta 2 dropping in and finally fixing that problem that we have where the SIM card was uh, c- causing a problem. And we have that calm that Android QNS has stopped working that got fixed with this Beta 2. And then there's something in there also that I want to mention here in passing in Android 14 Beta 2. It's the fact that you know how the uh, location history and Google has taken it a step farther because, you know, some apps will want to track your location or, you know, sell it to other, you know, phone manufacturers or, I mean, um, or other companies and things like that. Google has kind of implemented something to where you could see those changes and developers are forced to uh, make that known. And so if you go to the... um, system settings if you have android 14 running now and you go to system settings and you go to privacy and then you tap on privacy again let me grab my phone and show you what i'm talking about 10 a.m lock screen device finders. find my here. device privacy permissions dashboard so here i am system um 
I'm already in the privacy. So when you go to system settings and tab on privacy and you're on this screen, then here is what I'm talking about. Data sharing updates for location. Review apps that change the way they may share your location data. 9 of 17. That's the one I'm talking about. Data sharing updates for location. Back. Button. Out of list. And here's what it says. These apps have changed the way they may share your location data. They may not have shared it before or may now share it for advertising or marketing purposes. No updates at this time. One of two. Enlist two items. So in other words, if you have apps that have changed their data sharing or location data sharing, uh, you'll find those apps here. In other words, if the developer changes things and did not tell you, Google tracks that and will show you those apps in here saying, hey, look, this app has changed its policy and now they're sharing your location with other you know, services. And so it's up to you to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to keep this app. I'm going to get it out of here because they're violating my privacy. They're trying to pull something on me uh, without telling me. So you don't have to go to the Play Store to see if there's any changes to your apps or, you know, the app uh, location sharing. You could just come here and view those things. And so as we can see, I don't have any such that has changed. The developers of these apps provided info about their data sharing practices to an app store. They may update it over time. Data sharing practices may vary based on your app version, use, region, and age. Two of two. And so, yeah, I don't have any apps that have changed, but that's something I just wanted to mention, that you can come in here and find apps that have changed their data sharing uh, data sharing about location and all of that. And that's a neat thing to have in this uh, beta 2. The other thing that is here in beta 2 is the fact that we now have a true separation between notification and the ringtone. It used to be very annoying because your ringtone, if you set the ringtone to 80%, the same thing is true of your notification. And, you know, Samsung had it right and Google didn't have it right until now. And finally, we have the separation of those two volumes, and I'm glad to see that. Now that we've talked about this, let's talk about some of the fonts that qualify. We know that 10 fonts now, or 10 companies, or rather 10 fonts, I should say. Some companies have jumped onto opening up beta for their fonts. And so the following fonts are now qualified for uh, Android 14 beta. And these would include the IQ. So it's a Chinese thing, uh, IQOO11, uh, that qualifies for the uh, Android 14 Lenovo tab. Extreme Wi-Fi qualifies for it as well. The Nothing Phone one also qualifies for that. If you remember the Nothing Phone, the one we dubbed as the Christmas tree phone, that qualifies for Android 14 beta. OnePlus 11 is one of those. Apple Fine N2 is one of those. Apple Fine N2 Flip is another one that qualifies for that. The Realme G22 Pro also qualifies for Android 14 Beta Techno, you guys uh, know of an, a phone called Techno? I think I've heard it, but there's something called the Techno Cayman. 
C-O-M-O-N, Kearney series. That also would support Android 14 um, beta. Vivo X90 Pro also qualifies. Then we have Xiaomi 12T, Xiaomi 13, Xiaomi 13 Pro, and Xiaomi Pad 6. So a lot of Xiaomi's here are qualifying for that Android 14. We'll put the listing um, uh, page in our show notes so you could check it to see if your phone is one of those that qualifies for this Android 14. So it's nice to see that we have early adapters and Samsung is not on here for some reason. And even though um, rumors are saying that they're starting uh, UI6 internal testing, so it uh, sounds to me like probably maybe next month or July, Samsung may start you know, a general beta for Android 14. This is Spotlight Segment 2. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing, and more. We now turn on to our Spotlight segment, and today we have a special guest, and I'm talking about our friends Zalao from Turkey, the lady from the From Your Eyes. And Zalao, we're glad to have you in here. How are you doing in Turkey? Let's oh, do a little so well check. First of all, hi everyone. I'm so happy to be here with you and thank you so much for your invitation. Maybe I can also introduce myself. Um, so uh, maybe I can say a big hello from Turkey. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you, you go ahead and say your name correct because I know I have yeah. a tendency of messing up names and okay. <laughs> you know I don't want to mess up a lady's name, for example. <laughs> okay, Zulai. Actually, my name is Zulai. It's kind of an interesting name, by the way. The, and the meaning of my name is Walter, the clean Walter, uh, in Arabic uh, sense. So yes, I can explain like this. <laughs> Good. And the good thing is that we have Karen from Lebanon, so she understands Arabic as well. So really? if, I'm, yeah, if I'm messing up, she's going to correct me here. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, welcome. And we want to talk about your app and we've been wanting to get you in here. You know, it's like trying to court a woman. Sometimes it's kind of a little bit difficult to get her to say, yeah, I do. Uh, finally, you said, yes, I do. No, to be... <laughs> be actual you know you are very courteous um the very first time i reached out to you you agreed to come out and so i'm so thankful that you did that thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> yeah so we're talking about your app and it's called mm -hmm. from your eyes and yeah what is from your eyes kind of get our friends or our listeners up to speed as to what from your eyes is and then we'll talk about some of the features and what it does and does not do and and all of that Okay. Uh, first of all, maybe I can introduce myself uh, to everyone, actually. Uh, I'm founder of Promaris application. By the way, I'm totally visually impaired uh, at the same time. I was a low vision child until 2011, and then I completely lost my vision. Uh, based on this, I started to use assistive technologies, such as uh, Seeing AI, Be My Eyes, and other apps, actually. And I saw that we used uh, artificial intelligence, or we used uh, volunteers. But there, there was no uh, application which uh, provided me fast and qualified descriptions with the cooperation of artificial intelligence and humanity. Uh, based on this, I started to develop my own app 
which is promerized actually, and we uh, make a, a cooperation in our, in our application uh, in order to provide more fast and uh, qualified descriptions to the visually impaired users. Uh, with the, yes, with that way actually, maybe I can also make a summary uh, in the process of the promerize. Uh, when you upload a photo to the uh, application, we directly uh, give you a kind of an AI description actually in an AI template. If you think that it is needed to be improved by the human, actually, you can also send them through the descriptor of the applications. Uh, by the way, there is a good news. Everyone also can be a volunteer of the Formaris application. Um, so we call them the descriptor of the application. They uh, look at the photos and the descriptions of the AI. They make, they make some improvements by typing and resend them to the, uh, our users, actually. Uh, by doing this, we train our artificial intelligence service and feed our um, visual library. Uh, maybe I can also uh, talk about especially accuracy. As you know that um, if the artificial intelligence is accurate actually, it means that it gives you, uh, for example, the uh, over 90% uh, accuracy. Our model uh, gives you the 94% uh, 94 of accuracy, by the way, in the artificial intelligence service. On the other hand, you get the OCR part uh, from the application. And as you know, uh, if the accuracy is high, we can also say that uh, in the Microsoft, uh, the accuracy is 80. Uh, but in our application, uh, we can also give the descriptions with the OCR uh, over 85% uh, uh, with the accuracy, actually. Which means that, yes, uh, we could train our artificial intelligence service with the cooperation more accurate. Uh, than the normal ones. By the way, I am a um, student ambassador of Microsoft at the same time, and barrier-breaking uh, female leader of Microsoft. Uh, I took some, responsible, uh, some responsibilities in uh, Singa integration to the Turkey and uh, other applications. And then I saw that uh, there is a new way um, to develop our technology and increase our accuracy on the artificial intelligence service, actually, uh, by using the cooperation with the um, human, actually. You know what I really like about you? You have passion. And to have a young lady being passionate about what she does, I think it's very important. You bring that passion to your app, and that is absolutely beautiful. And the most important thing here is that you yourself are visually impaired, and therefore you know where it hurts. And I always yeah. say, you know, we know where it hurts, and we know how to go about correcting those uh, areas that hurt. And so we are so thankful for what you are doing and bringing all of that passion on there. You're so, welcome. you know, we, we're glad to have you. So let's talk about uh, some of the things you've mentioned, some of the things it does. And mm -hmm. um, so this is more or less uh, like uh, be my eyes, yet it's not like be my eyes because mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. And mm -hmm. um, the whole idea is image recognition, right? It doesn't yeah. do, um, you know, text recognition, right? Let's get that out of the door. Does it do text recognition? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. It does. It does it, text recognition. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, we give them uh, from just the panel, actually. You don't need to go to other panels in the application. You just uh, take the description uh, of uh, actually maybe the letters or the of an image, actually. It doesn't matter for us. So in other words, 
you know, we have we don't have like different modes. And this is something I've always been talking about. You know, um, I got to jump into this mode, you know, jump into this other mode, you know, whether yeah. I'm in lookout or in vision or, you know, the seeing AI you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. on. I have yeah. to switch to modes in order to get you know access to those things. And, I, you know, I've always said that, you know, sighted people, you know, their eyes is their eyes. They don't have different uh, modes of the eye, you know. So when you put a text in front of them, they recognize this is text. Yeah. And when yeah. a cat is in front of them, they recognize a little kitty. Okay, <laughs> little kitty. My daughter yeah. got a little kitty, nice little cat. Uh, so we don't need this mode. And yeah, I've got to go switch to this mode and go switch mm-hmm. to that mode. And mm-hmm. frankly, I, I think I like the idea of, you know, all inclusive. I don't need to be switching modes. So this Thank is absolutely so beautiful. Yeah, I think... Actually- yeah, it, it was well thought out uh, for you to, you know, do Good. it that way. Actually, I have a favorite uh, qualification in our application. Uh, the feature, maybe I can say like this, the positions of the objects, actually. As you know, when we, uh, for example, want to uh, give a descript- get a description from uh, as an artificial intelligence service, actually, we need to discover the every detail of the image. For example, when we uh, recognize an image, we need to, for example, know the positions of the of the objects uh, or of the other elements on the visual. Uh, we can also give the detailed information on, uh, on the visual based on the artificial intelligence service. For example, the positions of the objects. Uh, or positions of the letters, it doesn't matter for us. Uh, text, actually, maybe we can say that. Uh, you can also get uh, the text and uh, objects positions at the same time uh, from the vigil. Uh, and you can also put a title uh, and archive this in your application. So you can use the Premier's application kind of a uh, drive service, by the way, uh, which means that uh, you you can also have an access to your, uh, for example, more accessible um, gallery uh, parts uh, in your application uh, without putting any effort, actually. That's a uh, good way, I, I think, uh, in order to archive some memories or some impor- important details in your app. Uh, by doing this, by the way, you can also export your photos or the documents uh, out of the ap- uh, applications uh, with the text, with the descriptions or without descriptions. Again, it is up to you, by the way. And um, the most beautiful thing uh, in our application is the customization service, by the way. You can also customize uh, your artificial intelligence service according to your preference because we uh, analyze your data at the same time. Uh, by reading your data, actually, we can analyze that. Uh, what is your, for example, uh, preference uh, by taking an uh, descriptions and which one is enough or which one is not enough for you. Uh, by analyzing your data, actually, uh, we can also give you the uh, most accurate uh, descriptions. Even though we upload the same photo with you, Warren, uh, we cannot get uh, the same description in, in our applications, which means that it is according to your preferences, it is according to your personality, um, it is according to your identity. Uh, because our main purpose is to create your uh, best, and unique, actually, assistant. Um, so from your eyes is an uh, assistant for the visually impaired users uh, because our main purpose is to um, keep your time uh, is on, actually, uh, and not to waste your time. 
uh, by asking, by typing or other detailed uh, information to our application. And this is the most unique uh, maybe value of the Framerize application. You don't need to ask anything. You don't need to add anything to artificial intelligence service. Maybe we can talk about the GPT-4 session if you want, uh, based on your questions, by the way. And this is a new feature, by the way, uh, with the GPT-4 session. And uh, we have a new um, feature in our application as well, because we trade our artificial intelligence service based on our video library. And then uh, we are going to implement our artificial intelligence service to the uh, GPT-4 API by doing uh, with our, by the way, uh, customization service that we created. Uh, by doing this, we have an opportunity uh, to uh, identify our data, analyze our, uh, our data is actually more efficient in order to give you more detailed information and more detailed um, descriptions according, based on your maybe um, prefers or the previous maybe uh, descriptions that you give us. Wonderful. That's very good. And so you mentioned some things here about personalization. Basically, okay. one personalizes it to his or her liking, or it basically takes uh, what you have and cust uh, customizes it for you. Uh, mm -hmm. So each individual is kind of like a different individual and all of that. Now, is this all AI or is there any human intervention uh, mm -hmm. part of yes. it? Yes, yes. Uh, we have uh, AI and uh, human at uh, the cooperation right now in our applications. Uh, when you send a photo to the application, first of all, uh, you get a description from the AI part. And if you press not enough button, it is uh, assigned to be uh, to our uh, descript uh, descriptors of the applications who are the volunteer part of it. And they improve the descriptions and resend them uh, to you again. Based on this, actually, we collect the data of the AI uh, descriptions and also the volunteer descriptions. We uh, make a harmony uh, and train our artificial intelligence service. For example, we have some data in our applications, um, such as, for example, which uh, widgets uh, was sent uh, by burden to the descriptors of the applications, uh, which texts were opened, for example, in this image. Uh, by doing this, we process our images and texts, uh, and we use them in order to uh, train our artificial intelligence service uh, more, actually. So is this app free or does it cost something? I get your question. Thanks so much. It is free right now. You don't need to pay anything because our main purpose is to, uh, for example, create the technology for blind actually is free, uh, affordable, because as you know, uh, some of the assistive technologies are so expensive, so uh, everyone cannot reach them. Uh, so we don't collect any payments right now on the applications. Yes, we create some uh, business models. Uh, but right now, they are not uh, based on the application right now. Fantastic. And because, you know, uh, cost is usually part of the experience. And uh, to create something is not often cheap. And so to hear yeah. that at the moment, this is free for a blind user, I think that's a very good uh, encouraging thing. And uh, even if you decide later on, you know, we can't sustain this without some mm -hmm. payment of some sort, then maybe you guys could think about, you know, how to go about subscription models and all of that. Yeah. But I think that for now, the most important thing is that you guys are concerned about access, you know, for people with disabilities 
especially the blind and making it possible for us to have those access without, you know, payment. I think that's a very good uh, approach uh, for the time being. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Because I'm also a visually impaired people's person, actually. So I know that um, the assistive technology is uh, maybe supposed to be uh, more affordable for the everyone because we use them. We really want to uh, try the new technologies. Uh, if, for example, they are uh, expensive or something like that, we don't have an opportunity uh, to, for example, uh, improve our life quality, actually. And that's an important part uh, by developing the technology. I have a question about the functionality of the app, um, mm -hmm. just how it behaves when you're using it. Is it, does it, um, do the do the calculations on device in real time as you're scanning, or do you actually have to snap a photo and upload it and wait for the result mm -hmm. to come back? Uh, right now, you need to take a photo uh, from the application or upload a photo from your gallery parts. But in August, we are going to implement uh, our computer vision service to the applications, actually, which means that you don't need to take anything. Uh, you just need to keep your camera uh, to the object that whatever you want to take, actually. And so you can also uh, get a description from our application. But right now, you need to take a photo or upload a photo from your gallery. Okay, got it. That, that makes sense. I mean, even once you implement the the real time stuff, like it's still gonna you're gonna get the better result by uploading the photo because mm -hmm. you can only do so much on device. So mm -hmm. yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay, so first I want to welcome you. A warm welcome. I'm so glad when I have. Uh, a lady talking about technology because you know stereotyping they also they always say that we ladies are nothing for technology <laughs> you know so yeah so uh, welcome and then welcome. i have two questions mm -hmm. um first one is related to privacy you know mm -hmm. that a blind person sometimes may take a photo which is not really uh, you know it may contain some details that shouldn't be uh, present with people or something like that. So mm -hmm. in, in this case, can the person um, or is the photo only shown to the AI uh, model? Yeah, or yeah, is yeah. Is it shown also to the to the to the human volunteers? Mm. You don't need to show your photo to uh, the volunteers for every time because we have two sections in our application. The first one is the AI section. If you think that it is needed to be shown uh, to the uh, artificial intelligence service just actually, you can send them to the artificial intelligence service in order to recognize them, in order to identify them maybe. And if you think that it is needed to be sent uh, to the descriptors of the application, you just need to uh, press not enough button. If you do this actually, uh, we can send them to the descriptors of the applications. Uh, without um, doing this, uh, nobody can see your photos actually. And for, for how much time the photo is stored in the database? Hmm. Actually, uh, normally, it is up to your prefer, by the way. For example, if you delete a photo uh, from your archive, actually, session, we directly uh, delete your data from our database at the same time. But if you don't uh, delete it, actually, uh, we don't have any limitation. Uh, we can store our data uh, at the end of the, maybe, uh, the world or something like that. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the, the last question, which is a um, small one, it's a <laughs> short, short, <laughs> just uh, something related to sharing from another applications. Mm -hmm. So if I want, uh, let's say, to share directly from WhatsApp, 
Um, can I share directly the image to to yeah. to, to the application? Yes, yes. Uh, you can do uh, on the Android part right now. Uh, you can share the photos from the other applications. Uh, on the iOS part, by the way, you are uh, going to do this uh, when we solve and uh, default actually from our application. Right now, you can yes, you can upload the photo by using the Android uh, system actually. <laughs> ah, great! Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> And therein is the superiority of the Android system. Hmm? <laughs> Just saying. Ah. <laughs> Can I also ask something? Yeah, go ahead. Well, first of all, I'm so dang glad that we have the technology coming from Turkey. I'm more than glad for this, which Thank is something to be proud for us. Thank and so I, I'm wondering about the volunteers part. Are there enough volunteers if you want to? Uh, ask volunteers about the photo because I mean, a volunteer part is also important. If yeah. AI part is not enough, is there uh, enough volunteers? And what about the countries of volunteers? Do we have okay. enough volunteers for now? That's a great question, by yeah. the way, mm -hmm. and maybe exp uh, explain a bit detailed by uh, on the on the side actually. Right now, uh, yes, we have enough volunteers uh, because we create a system in our application. It's kind of a system that. For example, uh, you make a request uh, in order to get a description uh, from our application, and uh, which is English, by the way. Uh, last week, then you upload a photo to the application, and you need to ask. Uh, you need to, for example, get a description from a volunteer, uh, and you create a request in English. It doesn't matter actually. It's not to be all of the volunteers of the applications. It doesn't. Uh, up to the, uh, for example, the language of it, because we have a translation API in our application. It means that it directly translates your request uh, to the all of the languages of the volunteers, actually. And if they type anything, for example, different than English or something like that, we directly translate them to your own language. So we solved the, uh, we solved the actually volunteer language problem in our application. So it doesn't matter actually. Uh, from all of the countries, you can also uh, log in uh, to the application and download the, our application, actually, uh, because uh, we develop a kind of a technology like this. It's a, kind of a global one right now. So how someone can be a volunteer if they want to be a volunteer for the app? Uh, by the way, everyone can be a volunteer uh, because when they uh, download the app, actually, first of all, they uh, see a screen. Uh, there are uh, two uh, res registration part uh, of the application. The first one is uh, visually impaired users, users part actually, and the second uh, section of the screen is the volunteer and descriptors uh, section of it. When they press the, uh, to the descriptor button, actually, they can easily register to the application. And finally, what happens, like, for example, I'm a blind person, but what happens if I accidentally press I'm a volunteer button? Huh. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Right now, uh, probably you directly log into the application, register to the application because we don't have a limitation. Uh, what is the main reason of uh, this is uh, because everyone wonder our application right now, especially in Turkey, because they really want to uh, try the visually impaired users and the descriptors uh, part at the same time. So we uh, don't have any limitation right now, but in the near future, uh, we are going to put a, a detector to the application, which detects your uh, screen reader, uh, kind of voiceover or the talkback, actually. But right now, there is no limitation. So you can look at the volunteer part at the same time, if you want. <laughs> Wonderful. I like the sound of it. Now, 
there's something that uh, blind people often have uh, problems or struggles with, and most especially some of us are not all that specially aware. And so uh, when it comes to taking pictures and all of that, they kind of like that guidance. And I'm not sure if this one has uh, any guidance. For example, I want to take a picture, um, you know, since it doesn't know what I'm trying to uh, capture a picture of, I can see there may be a challenge in the way of a guidance. So I'm basically kind of maybe answering my own question here because mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about, hey, I want to have guidance to say, hey, okay, now you can shoot the picture or whatever. But since it is not something that is based on modes, for example, say, hey, I'm trying to take a I capture text on a piece of paper and I have this piece of paper in front of me and I've switched to that uh, uh, text mode, then of course it will give me that guidance when it sees all the four corners. So uh, I guess I've answered my question in the sense that um, there's probably no need for guidance, but yet in the same breath, do you think you guys could put some guidance? Maybe I want to take a picture of something and to let me know when it's in uh, view. But I guess that would have to come with a real-time mode, right? Basically, tell me what it sees. And if that's not what I want, then I move yeah. it till it gets to what I want and then I take the picture, right? I, I yes. think I, I sort of answer my question there. <laughs> yes, and that's a great question. And that's a, a great uh, developing part of the application right now uh, because we really work on the uh, computer vision service in order to create a guidance, uh, by the way, which which means that actually uh, it's it's basically uh, based on the real time um, of your camera. So, uh, yes, we create a feature like this and it is going to be launched on August right now. Uh, your own digital uh, guidance, actually, in the real time. Yeah. Great. So maybe when you have it, then we could have Zalao come back again and talk about it. And then we yeah. go out and have a party thereafter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It will be great, by the way, because we, uh, as I mentioned before, we analyze your data. For example, our main purpose is to create a, um, create the most technological sites most technological uh, way for sites, by the way. So uh, we analyze your, for example, the screen uh, waiting data. Uh, we know that, for example, when you wait uh, on your description screen, for example, in a couple minutes, like in two minutes or uh, one minute maybe, uh, you need to, uh, for example, recognize the uh, colors of the objects or you need to, for example, recognize the positions of the objects. We directly make a, a segmentation in, in our application, which means that in August, uh, when you keep your camera, for example, to an object, when you wait uh, two minutes, or maybe just seconds, actually, it is up to your preference, actually. For example, when you keep your camera in seven seconds, maybe, you need to, uh, for example, you try to get the descriptions uh, with colors, or you, for example, need to get descriptions with uh, mostly oriented with the positions, and it is going to be uh, more unique and for maybe more individual uh, sense, maybe. Um, so it means that, by the way, when we keep our cameras together, let's think that uh, to the same maybe scene or or to the same maybe object or something like that, uh, 
uh, we are not uh, going to get the same descriptions from the camera in the real time. It means, it means that actually we are going to put an effort to the independent mobility uh, part of it. Because as you know, uh, we need to, uh, for example, uh, spend our efforts by uh, training in the independent mobility section sometimes. But uh, by doing this actually, especially the trainers uh, in the independent mobility sections uh, are not going to, for example, put an effort or, uh, for example, uh, training the uh, individuals uh, in the rooms or something like that because artificial intelligence is going to do this. Uh, this is a near feature of the technology because there are uh, 330 million visually impaired users right now. And we talk about the autonomous uh, cars or something like that, but we uh, don't develop the technology uh, for the visually impaired users in order to create the most technologic and unique version of sites. Uh, I don't accept this um, because we need to train our technology based on our requirements right now uh, without wasting time, maybe. Thank you so much for that passion. I really like that passion. And uh, that's why we got you on here, Aslau. Thank, uh, so <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Little did I know we were going to get a firebrand here. And absolutely, it's absolutely beautiful seeing you uh, with all of that passion. And when someone Thank has you. such a passion, uh, you know, we're in for a treat. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so happy to be uh, with you guys and share uh, my own app and my uh, new technology uh, with you because we create a feature with our users. Um, so we are going to create our technology with our users again. So I really know that we have so many founders uh, of the applications who are the users of the application. So I really want to explain my main purpose and my own way. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Related to the development of the application, are you an app developer yourself or yeah. uh, the, you have a company and you have a, other app developers? What's the case about the development? Uh, I am one of the app developers in my own app. <laughs> yes, I'm one of the developers at the same time. And I have also uh, my own developers in, our, in my team actually at the same time. We develop our applications together. Um, my main actually um, special uh, field is image recognition uh, because uh, I was trained by Microsoft um, Turkey in order to become an uh, employee of Microsoft. And then uh, I give up uh, to be, for example, an employee of Microsoft and I build on my company. So uh, I have, a, for example, a good passion uh, by developing, uh, developing the apps, actually, especially uh, based on image recognition service. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. So I, now I think I forgive uh, Sally. Um, I've been telling him to bring on a Turkish girl for our Android journey, and he hasn't been able to do that. And um, you coming here, <laughs> you you coming on here uh, is like a hundred Turkish girls uh, come on here. So you are truly a representative of the <laughs> Turkish girls and Turkish people. And thank you for coming on here. And Sally, you have been freed from my obligation. <laughs> well, that, that's great because you said by the end of May. So. Yes. <laughs> I gave well, him till May 30th to bring a yeah, Turkish girl because we, we haven't heard any Turkish girl. And, and so I gave him till May the 30th. And now, since you are here, Sally, you're forgiven. You're no more ob obligated to uh, bringing on a Turkish girl <laughs> to talk about her Android journey story.
Well, we thank you so much for coming on. And I know we could go on and on, but of course we do realize it's getting late there in Turkey. And, uh, you know, you know <laughs> a young lady may want to do some cooking or, you know, dinner time or whatever. <laughs> I handle uh, this. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sally was talking about some of the kebab that he had the other week and, uh, you know, who knows, you might be making something like that, some great food. But we do want to thank you for coming on and representing from your eyes. And uh, like I said, if anytime you want to come back, you know, when you have something new, uh, absolutely come back and let's talk about some of those improvements because our listeners would like to hear about those things. And guys, uh, how do people get in touch with you? You have a website or could we just yeah. reach you from the website? Uh included on the Play Store page of the app. Yes. Mm -hmm. Actually, they can reach us from our website, which is from rise.app, actually. And then also they can uh, look at our website and they can find the uh, downloading uh, link on this. They can download our application from Play Store and the App Store, maybe, <laughs> if, if we can say this. There we go. Yeah. What about my English, by the way? I have had this question right <laughs> No, you are such a passionate speaker and absolutely beautiful English. And we thank you so much. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, for <laughs> taking your time to come on. And, uh, and you know, all that, you know, laughter, it just makes it all just beautiful. Thank you so much. I, I love it when people have passion about what they do. And you happen to be one of those developers and... Uh, that's encouraging to those of us who are users because if the developer is not passionate about it, it's not going to translate to users because, you know, you've got to show that passion that you really like what you're doing. And that's the case here. You really like what you're doing and we're thankful for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your invitation as well. Thank you. Coming up next is the tip of the week. Stay tuned for tips, tricks, and more about Android. Closing up the episode, now we move to the tip of the week. And John has some nifty trick to show you here. And here's John with our tip of the week for episode 127. John? Hi, John here. And for today's tip, we're going to be discussing absolute volume when it comes to Bluetooth settings. And this is a developer setting. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because this will help TalkBack to work a lot better if you're using either a Bluetooth speaker, a Bluetooth headset, or Bluetooth earbuds. So there's two main issues that I come across a lot, and this solves both of those. One is that when you connect your headset, talkbacks, or I should say the accessibility volume, is really low to the point where you can barely hear talkback and you can't adjust it. And the only way to fix that is to toggle talkback off and then back on again. That's the first issue. The other issue is the fact that when you're using a Bluetooth headset, you can control your accessibility volume separate from your media volume still, but you can never get the accessibility volume to go higher than the media volume. So it's always going to be a percentage of the media volume. So 
If you ever want your accessibility volume to be louder than the media, like if you're listening to a radio or watching a TV show, and you still want to be able to browse like a guide or hear talkback over the media like you can without headphones, that's something that you can't do by default. And if you enable this setting, it will make it so that you can do that. It, the volumes will behave the same way, basically, as if you didn't have a headset connected, which is a good thing. So I'm in my main settings here. I'm on a Pixel device, so I'm going to go down to the bottom. And you're going to go to... Tips and support, help article, about phone, Pixel 7 Pro. About phone. About phone. Navigate up, button. Now this is going to be different depending on your device, but in order to enable developer settings, you're going to have to find the build number. Set build number, UPB 1.2303. And double tap seven times. You are now, f you are, you are, you are now one. Screen lock, confirm your pattern. Confirm your pattern. pattern, heading. Pattern area, pattern started. Cell four added. Pattern completed. You are now a developer. About phone. Build number, you, settings. About phone, Pixel 7 Pro. So I backed out of there and now it's different on different devices, but on Pixels, you're going to find developer options. System, languages, gesture. Under system. system. Navigate up, button. So I went into system. Down near the bottom. Reset options. Developer options. I'm going to go to developer options. Developer options. Navigate up, button. Now it's a ways down in here, so I'm just going to scroll and see how long it takes us to find it. Wi-Fi scan throttling reduces okay, battery so drain. It's after the Wi-Fi stuff, so I'm almost there. Network download rate limit. Config. Disable absolute volume. Disables the Bluetooth absolute volume feature in case of volume issues with remote devices such as unacceptably loud volume or lack of control. Off switch. So this is what you're going to want to turn on. And... On. I've turned it on. Of course, the description has nothing to do with TalkBack, but trust me, this will make your experience a lot better. It will fix both of those issues I mentioned earlier. And while we're here in the Bluetooth settings, developer settings, I'm going to point out a couple of other things. Disable Bluetooth A2DP hardware off. Bluetooth map version, map 1. Bluetooth audio codec, use system selection default. This audio codec, depending on your headset and your device, you may be able to switch between different audio codecs, and in some cases this can help with latency. So there's always going to be latency because you're using a Bluetooth device, but if the latency is too much for you to handle, it's worth coming in here and manually changing to a different codec just to see because that might help. And another setting. HD audio, off, switch, disabled. HD audio. If this is on by default, 
In some cases, I've had this cause my earbuds to be out of sync with each other. So if you're having an issue with that, this is another setting to look at possibly changing to help with your experience using um, earbuds with TalkBack. So these are three settings that are definitely worth looking at if you use a headset, a Bluetooth headset or Bluetooth earbuds a lot with TalkBack. It'll make your experience far better. Now, of course, there's going to be a caveat, right? <laughs> because I mentioned the absolute volume at the beginning of this. And it's it's not a big deal. It's just something you need to keep in mind. And that's the fact that when you have this absolute volume disabled, you need to remember that the volume controls on your headset or earbuds will no longer control the media volume on your phone. So there are going to be in individual volumes now. So I'll give you an example. If you turn down your volume to say 10% using your headset, that's turning down your headset's volume to 10%. So even if you turned your phone's media volume back up to 100%, it would not get any higher than 10%. You'd need to turn it back up on your headphones or headset or earbuds or even Bluetooth speaker. So like I said, just something to keep in mind once you make that distinction, it's not going to be an issue. In a lot of cases, I don't even use the volume on my headset. I always control change it on my phone. But if you do use your headset, just keep that in mind. So I hope this has been helpful. I definitely get a lot of use out of this. This is one of the first things I enable when I enable developer settings. So thanks for listening. Thank you so much. It is curtain drawing time, thus we come to the end of today's episode. And up next, we give you information on how to get hold of us. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. Until we see you next week, Austin standing by to give you that information on how you can get hold of us. To contact us, you can send an email to Contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. And from me, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.